For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, here we go again. Welcome to episode 59 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So I tried to record yesterday, man, and, um, dude, I, I get everything sorted out, and I'm cruising along, getting my mobile doomsday studio on, and uh, ranting up a storm, man, just running on at the mouth. And then I get back, and I listen to it, and like, yeah, let's make sure this thing, uh, you know, sounds like a reasonable, you know, whatever the fuck. And it sounds like I'm in a sock drawer. I'm like, what the fuck have you done, man? I don't I don't know how I do the things I do. Don't know why I do the things I do. Like I said, man, if there's current running through it, I probably shouldn't be touching it. Anyways, here we all are all. And it's a brand new year. And apparently, we're off to another good start with, um, you know, the big blue octopus. Um, absolutely cheese-dicking the entire civilized world. So I had the terrific misfortune of tuning into the, uh, I want to say it was the ABC broadcast of New Year's, you know, with the whole ball drop thing. It's it's so unsavory, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know how to even say it. I mean, it's like, it, it, it's like watching a flamingo throw up or something. It's just Christ awful, you know. I mean, it was Paul Anka, and he's out there belting out tunes from yesteryear. And then, you know, they have the ball drop thing, and I don't know if you've seen this. If you, if you haven't seen it, I, I would, next time around, I can't imagine what it's going to do. I'd probably avoid that at all costs. But it used to be, you know, it's like Times Square. There's all the people there, and, and they're singing, and probably cops are arresting somebody, and then the ball drops, and hooray, it's 20, 20, whatever. You know, or it's 1985, hooray, you know. This has been going on for, you know, decades they've been doing this thing. But um, this particular time, they uh, they have it. They have the thing, 10, 9, 8, da 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 And the ball drops, and now they immediately zoom in on a couple gay dudes kissing. And then they immediately pan to some black dude and his white girlfriend kissing. And I'm like, for God's sake, dude. You know, So where you might have thought that, uh, hey, you know, maybe people are getting a little bit sick of it. You know, I think... Um, if nothing else, you know, the last year or so has has kind of driven the point home that, like, hey, people are kind of getting sick of the shenanigans. You know, when even, like, bought and paid for celebrities are out there saying, hey, look, man, I, you know, I know you got pictures of me doing whatever, but I kind of don't dig what's going on out here. You know what you're making me be a mouthpiece for? I'm not, not too keen on it no more. You know what I mean? You've seen as many pictures as I have of, like, celebrities with their, I mean, what even do you call it? You know, uh, African import transgender children? I mean, this is this is comic book material. This is not real life. You know, I, I, I imported some poor bastard from Kenya and then make him wear a skirt. You know what I mean? And how much of this goes on, dude? I mean, I think... Uh, I think Madonna did this to some kid and that Charlize Theron 
woman did this to some kid and and I can't even I can't keep track of who else who's that one broad that uh, Brad Pitt was married to Angelina Jolie I think she or no this was the other one Megan Fox I think they did that to her too you know they department of they and I can't you know at this point it's hard to say like is it that there's some huge global conspiracy to make people who want to stay in prestigious positions like you can do it but it's going to cost you you're going to have to put your son in a dress or you're going to have to make your kid be a dyke or whatever, you know, there's going to be a price tag. Is it that or is it that is it that idiotic people have just been pushed so far to the front that the wazoo shit they do somehow, you know, normal, sensible people look at it and they're like, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of logic behind it, you know. Now, for my money, I think it is just like people who are coincidentally, you know, either like what ridiculously good looking plus retarded. So who can say? So for this week though, there's uh there's a bit of stuff going on in, you know, I don't know, all the, the various and sundry conflicts going on around the world. But, uh, the other thing I wanted to hit on was this, um, I finally saw this movie, uh, leave the world behind or some kind of shit that Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts deal. You know, where it's like the, the apocalypse, you know, global conflict comes to dog patch, this kind of shit. I wanted to give two cents on it. Like, finally, write a movie that I've actually watched that I'm going to give you some input on. Like, because usually I'll just, you know, talk to you about things I don't know anything about. Before that, though, um, I wanted to hit on the terrific misfortune I had of listening to uh, an interview with Jackson Hinkle. So, I don't know if you know who Jackson Hinkle is. I would probably not have known, I mean, like, I don't know, a slim set of coincidences that I happen to know. But, um, so I get on this, uh, I get on this app called uh, The Locals. Locals? The Locals? I'm trying to listen to the Duran podcast. Duran podcast, I've shielded it before a little bit. It's not our guys or anything. But it is a couple guys, like one guy basically just spends his time traveling the world apparently, which doesn't seem like an entirely bad deal. And the other guy, I think he's coming to you from London. Like, so one dude is kind of a younger middle-aged guy. He just goes around. He'll have like, I don't think I could do this where he's walking around with like a selfie stick and just videoing and talking and he walks around all these scenic locales. You know, he's like cruising around St. Petersburg and he's cruising around... Uh, somewhere in Greece or Cyprus or wherever the hell, you know, and he's cruising around and he's just talking. And then other times the podcast will be like him and this guy in England and the guy in England, like he's an older dude. And it's, I mean, both of them are, both of them are pretty sharp. Both of them still run some very normie takes. I think it's almost what you, it's what you have to deal with. You know, if you're going to hear anything from anybody like Gen Z or older, you're going to have to endure some very, some very broke ass normie takes where certain topics are, are concerned. But otherwise, like the global sit rep from these guys is pretty solid. They get in the weeds pretty good. Uh, I don't know who they know or how they know, but between the two of them, they appear to have a lot of connections. So they'll have some inside baseball that's like, yeah, I talked to a guy and he's saying that, you know, what these people are doing over here. So they cover a lot of the Russia thing, and now they've shifted to covering a lot of the, uh, the situation in um, 
in Israel with the with essentially the Gaza genocide, if you will, and the escalating situation with the U.S. finger fucking literally everything between you know the the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. Like, hey, we're just gonna we're gonna improve it. We're gonna help. So these guys talk about this. So I had got onto this app and uh, have been looking for you know because they've got they've got their Duran report that comes out once in a while on like. Uh, Spotify, but then they'll also have other odds and ends and little commentaries and what have you. And um, so I'm looking for that, right? So I get on there, and now, like once in a while, you get these little pop-ups of like, hey, if you like this shit, you'll love that shit. And one of the shits that they were shilling to me was this guy, Jackson Hinkle. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who the hell that is. I mean, maybe the guy's the heat. Maybe he's some balloon head. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out. So, like, I listened to one or two of the things, and a little bit of it is, um, dude, what is what did somebody call it, like, discount code conservatives? And that shit cracks me up, because it took me a second, like, what? Discount? What the fuck is that? But if you've ever listened to, to a lot of these conservative talk shows, man, it's always like, you know, they're talking, they're ranting, they're telling you about some kind of shit, and then, like... You know, sometimes I feel bloated. When I got to take a really mean shit, that's when I reach for a colon blow. And I love colon blow because I blow it out my ass and then I can get right back to work. Colon blow, you know, it's a preferred bowel evacuator of conservatives everywhere. Enter ass blast for your discount, 10% discount. You know, when you go there and enter ass blast, say you heard it here, get another 5% off type shit. You know, so, but they all do this, man. All of these, uh, these, whatever the fuck you call it, conservative shows, they're all about saving you 5%, man. I'm like, dude, I'll pay you 10% if you'll just shut the fuck up with that. I don't know what it is, man, if it's like they're just targeting an older audience that's, you know, like, imagine being like 70 or 80 and like, you know, you're on the clock, dude, but you're going to spend an extra few minutes here because no, dude, I want to save this 5, 10%. Like, dude, you, you don't piss that money away. All right. You're going to be dead soon. Stop it. Otherwise, I don't know who the hell they could possibly be listening to uh, or, or targeting. But that's that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Point is, so I'm listening to this shit, and they're shilling me Jackson Hinkle. And he's discount code conservative, but I get on there, and he's talking about, you know, he, he'll raise a few interesting items, talk about some goings-on with, uh, you know, the Democrats, the demon rats, whatever the fuck. And, you know, you go away. If you got nothing else to listen to, I was like, yeah, this is passable. So now I see, you know, now I'm not shilling for the guy by a stretch, so hear me out. But so I see that um, this Jackson Hinkle, he's going to get interviewed on this other podcast, Russians with Attitude, that I listen to. Now, this Russians with Attitude situation, this is, um, these guys are pretty funny, man. They basically, they're Russian dudes. They get on there, they drink a little bit, uh, they talk some shit. I mean, nobody on there, none of those guys really try to come off like, all right, listen, fuckos, I'm a subject matter expert, and you can believe what you want, but if you want to believe a dipshit, then go somewhere else. Otherwise, I'm your guy type shit. They, they don't do that, right? Mostly they take like what seems to be like a very Russian attitude of, of like, yeah, a lot of shit's kind of fucked up, and let's have a few drinks, we'll have a few laughs, and you share a story, I'll share a story. It's a pretty good listen, man. Um, I think a lot of it is, uh, some of it is like paywalled or some kind of shit, but it's um, it, comes out, it comes out later, and they don't really do so much 
current event type shit. So it is pretty much evergreen. But um, yeah, I listen to these dudes once in a while, and it's good for a laugh. But so I'm listening to this, and like, yes, next time we're going to have uh, Jackson Hinkle. I think he's a commentator, a news commentator, has a podcast. I'm like, oh, that guy, I know who that is. I'll listen to that. So I tune in, man, and and holy shit, this guy, dude, this fucking guy. So this guy gets on, and I don't know shit about the guy. All I've ever heard is I've heard his show. I guess he's got, like, a podcast. I guess he does some Twitter shit, which I also don't look at. Like, I have Twitter, but I don't ever fucking look at it. I, apparently, I just suck at Twitter, or, or, you know, maybe I'm being ghost banned or whatever you know who the fuck can say but uh i don't really get much traction or have much interest in twitter it's so left-hearted it makes my head hurt but apparently this guy he gets him some twitter so i'm like all right yeah i'll listen to what he's got to say so i'm listening to this fucking guy and first he's talking about like yeah man i got a chance to go over to russia check it out I went to some of the cities it was pretty cool i'm like all right great man that sounds cool um and what else? Oh yeah, you know what? I have a I have a podcast. I do uh, my shit goes on to YouTube as well, and uh, you know it's it's this it's that it's pretty cool. Yeah, all right, I'm listening to the guy. One of the guys, one of the Russian guys, is asking him about like so. I want to understand more about this idea of uh, Nazbol. Nazbol. I'm saying this right. Nazbol is like a combination of Nazi and uh, Bolshevik. And, he, and this clown starts in. So now apparently what comes out is that this guy, this Jackson Hinkle, like this guy is a, like a full-on like communist. Like this guy is Mr. Communist. And I'm like, are you fucking retarded? You know, like I instantly go from like, yeah, I had heard a few talking points and he seems fairly reasonable to like, did you get dropped on your fucking head? And as it goes on, like the guy is shilling a few, you know, yeah, you know, socialized this and that, and you know, on a big picture mentality and da da da. And it comes out like this guy is, this guy is 24 years old, grew up in Southern California. And as he's talking, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this guy grew up. Like, you did not grow up poor, dude. So understand about California, like in the same way, like you going drinking in like, India, you know, the price of a beer between there and going drinking in like Switzerland, th- there's a prohibitive difference there. So if you're like, yeah, I'm going to go out with my boys for a few beers, like in, you know, in India or something, this is something that's like, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah. All right. You know, you, you got time, you got money, something like a Switzerland. This is a very different, you know, proposition. Like you're going to fucking go in debt over this. I will never financially recover from this. Right. So this guy growing up in Southern California, like I grew up in Southern California too. And I know other people that grew up in Southern California. And I know that, you know, you have to say like a lot of times like, yeah, dude, I'm not, I grew up there, but I'm not rich. You know, the thing is though, one, I know where this fucking guy grew up. I know the exact fucking town where this guy grew up. Uh, beach town in California. You are not fucking poor, dude. Even by California standards. So if you're like upper middle class by California standards, you're basically fucking loaded by the standards of the rest of the world. All right. So this guy's 24 years old. And mind you, like when I grew up there, like you could, uh, like a normal person could actually buy a house in California. Now, 
if you're not already a hedge fund manager or you know you're not mortgaged up to your fucking eyeballs there is not a physical way for you to do this all right unless you want to live in the ghetto or you're gonna buy like this unique fixer-upper opportunity but even then you know southern california beach town you're not buying that dude it is not in the fucking cards so this guy, when I'm hearing like, yeah, you know, I grew up surfing it here and there and the other fucking thing. I'm like, dude, you motherfucker. I know exactly where this fucking guy grew up. So 24 years old, rich kid, surfer boy. And now he's talking about how he's out touring the world. He's got his little podcast going. And now he's going to get on here and he's shilling communism to a couple Russian dudes, to a couple middle-aged Russian dudes. And I'm like, motherfucker do you have like no fucking internal monologue do you have no fucking sense is there not a little voice in your head saying maybe this is actually a good time to shut the fuck up you know because i mean like what's the fucking gag like what's the meme like what are we always fucking saying it's a great idea until you put it into practice but even then it's not a fucking great idea and the shit they always wheel out of like well yeah but it's never really been tried bro like real communism has never even been tried Dude, get the fuck out of here. And like, so you're sitting there talking to a couple guys that have like apparently grown up in the brunt of this thing. And I listen to these guys talking, man, and they both talk about um I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it in Russian. It's like but it's like World Peace, Friendship, and Bubblegum is the name of this this show. And I guess it's a pretty big show in Russia. But the idea of it is is it's like 90s kids growing up. So it's like kids growing up in the 90s and all the wacky shit that went on in Russia. So it's like motherfuckers are poor, motherfuckers are hating life, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of fucking doing what you got to do to get by type shit. Because this is like, you know, right after the Soviet Union went away and these people are kind of fucking struggling and obviously the tribe is picking the place clean. So it's, it's something that resonates with a lot of people, I guess. And I had heard like a, they had a quick review on that that show, and I ain't watched the show because I can't find it. I tried to look for it because it sounded pretty cool, but like you can't really find it with subtitles. And I'm like, well, this is just you know, it's like watching a silent movie. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But so obviously, this is not a system of government for which the hosts of this thing are gonna have you know any particular sympathy, you know. But they have this clown on there, and he's running on about, you know, the greater good, and, you know, a lot of stuff we have in America is already, you know, running on kind of a, a socialized, you know, Marxist kind of a system. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's all fucked up, guy. Like, help me fucking help you. Like, are you really this fucking stupid? But it doesn't stop there. So the guy goes on then, and he's talking about, like, you know, when the guy mentioned this Nazbol thing, and he gets into, like... Yeah, you know, people conflate it like that, and people throw a lot of terms around. It's one of my favorites, dude, when people say, like, yeah, people throw a lot of terms around. And I will say that, like, for sure, within our thing, you know, there are terms that get thrown around. But, I mean, when you're talking about, like, neo-reactionaries and neo-Duganists and leftist reductionists and this kind of shit... Yeah, there can be some nuance and there can be like, well, when this group of people says this thing, this is what they mean. And when these people say this is what they mean, you know. But when you're talking about some very broad stroke type shit, like Marxist-Leninist, National Socialist, like 
these are very broad ideas. Like, there's not a lot of room for nuance. Like, you know, yeah, you could have some different versions. I mean, I understand you got, like, your communist Chinese and your, you know, Soviet communism. Okay, yeah, terrific. At the end of the day, though, you know, long and short is the guy with the government car gets to pull up and say, your shit is now my shit. There's not a lot of fucking nuance to that. But this fucking clown is in here talking about this shit. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, when you people say Nazbol, and that's really throwing some terms around, man. And, and, you know, it's not something that I'm really comfortable with. I mean, when you say Nazi, when you say Nazi, and this is the part that really blows my mind when people talk like this. Because I've heard, well, I've heard stupid people talk like this. Because I'll hear people say Nazi, you're fucking Nazi. But then I say, well, when you say Nazi, what do you mean? Well, like you're you're like you're like racist, bro. So I'm like, okay, well, are no other people racist? Is there is there any other? Is that just synonymous with Nazi? Is that what you is that the whole and entirety of what you understand Nazi to be? Well, no, bro. I'm just saying that. Okay, well, so other people can't be Nazis. Nazis are more than racist. So what do you understand this to be? Oh, I don't know. So basically, you're just putting a label on something because you heard it was something derogatory to say. Never mind that you don't know what you're fucking talking about, right? So, I mean, this is something you would say to, like, a junior high school girl, let alone a fucking guy with, I don't know what, tens of thousands of fucking followers. But he continues, and he's talking about this Jackson Hinkle guy. He's talking about, like, yeah, I mean, Hitler, I mean, like, what a loser, like, what an extremist, right? I mean, try to remember, right, like, you lost that war, right? You lost. You took the L. I mean, and then you took your own life, right? I mean, I mean, what bigger L is there to take? And I'm thinking through this and I'm like, okay, well, so hold on, friend, because, okay, yeah, you took the L and why was that? Because 55 countries lined up to get it on with you. 55 countries in the early 1940s. Can you imagine trying to coordinate 55 countries to do anything at this point? I mean, even when there was like this, uh, this Saddam Hussein song and dance and like, yeah, we need to get over here and we need to break balls on this guy. It was still not 55 countries. If you still got like, you know, five, 10 countries. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into the weeds at all with like, hey, let's revisit World War II. I mean, I think enough of us do that enough on the regular anyway. But just to me, like the idea, oh, and then that's what it was. That was like the, the cherry on top with this guy was that he goes, yeah, and you know, people don't know about him. Like he was a real degenerate. Like, I don't think he even said degenerate. Like they say, you know, they're, they're conservative, you know, people want to say they're conservative, but then when they identify with these Nazi beliefs, they don't know that like Hitler surrounded himself with homosexuals and transvestites. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you know, and he was, he was probably gay himself. And I'm like, okay, well, so I'm guessing that sort of explains like the way the whole Weimar thing just kind of got pushed down the way it did right because i mean if a guy was gay and really into the tranny scene it would seem like you know you'd be kind of like bathhouse barry and you're like yeah i'm in my element man like hey vote for me i'm gonna keep the gay party going right that's gonna be the fisting section right over there so i'm having a real problem with like you have to keep it fucking secret or some kind of shit like bro all this shit was out in the open very much out in the open in Weimar, Germany. But then again, I got to consider like you're 24 years old. You probably can't find your own fucking ass if you had a, a fucking Sherpa guide. So that guy, I just, it, it kind of blew my mind, man. You know, one insofar as like, there's actually somebody out there that shills this kind of shit, but two, that the guy actually has an audience. 
And it kind of begs the question, like, is this guy getting pushed to the top of the heap for some kind of reason? Because he does speak out against what Israel's doing. But I mean, I almost got to feel like it's some measure of damage control, some measure of like, I don't know, maybe it's like, hey, um, get that communist guy to talk against Israel. Because that way, when everybody is like communism, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. Obviously, that works real fucking well. Then when he talks about Israel, everybody will go, yeah, I'm not listening to anything this guy says. It's all bullshit. That's really the best I could come up with. Because otherwise, I'm like, this is this is pants on head stupid. Or maybe people are just this dumb. I don't know, dude. But it does. I mean, it does sort of raise some questions of like, where are the boomers in all this? Because, I mean, I know the boomers, if you talk about socializing literally anything, socializing anything that isn't in their personal direct interest, then suddenly it's like, I ain't no communist. I ain't no goddamn dirty red. And they're going to just immediately switch off. But now if you want to, I, I don't know, it's just all very fucking weird to me. That's all. Anyway, apart from that, man, I um, I had the terrific misfortune of watching that Leave the World Behind movie with... Uh, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts, you know, the one that played, um, she played a prostitute in that, in that, uh, in that film. Yeah. You know, the one what was it called like uh manly woman, I think anyway. Yeah. So she plays this, uh, she plays this kind of cunty Karen-ish wife and then her, whatever you want to call it, husband, life partner, whatever the fuck roommate companion with whom she has children plays her college professor beta male husband and i saw this movie you know and i had seen it where it was like there was these two movies getting pitched of it was this oh what the fuck is it leave the world behind thing and that civil war movie coming out which i'm obviously still haven't seen but i'm very excited about um that these were the two like kind of predictive programming movies that like look man she's gonna go sideways and I watched this movie, and um, some of it, I'll say, was it was kind of artsy-fartsy. You know, it was a little bit artsy-fartsy in some regards, but it was artsy-fartsy in a way that, like, it makes sense, you know, from a, an artsy-fartsy perspective, I guess. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, the, like the Blade Runner movies, right? Like, I had read some analyses about, like, what the fuck is going on here exactly, and, you know, because, I mean, you know the way comic book nerds are, right? With, like, everything's got its subtle nuance and its subtle meaning. And I'm like, yeah, what, what just what the hell is going on? And there'll be some people that try to get into the weeds about, well, this is this and that means that and this is the other thing. But then one analysis, this write-up that I saw, it raised a very good point, man. And the way this dude put it was like, not everything has to mean something more like overall it's just supposed to generate a kind of a feeling so you look at something like you know like this blade runner thing like the 2049 deal when the guy is like in here in in the factory walking around in the ashes and all of this or when the the bad guy jared leto guy he stabs that replicant broad and like she's she's a hot broad and he just goes up there and like shanks her and she just bleeds out right there on the little lighted platform it's not for anything it's not it doesn't specifically represent you know like this represents the third kingdom of the fucking hashemite whatever that you know like no 
None of that shit has to represent anything necessarily. It's just a vibe, man. It's just a feel. So, you know, in terms of like the Blade Runner tip, it's like, oh yeah, man, I think we can all kind of identify with that. Like makes you want to go get that nice Ryan Gosling coat, which I actually have one of because that's actually me in the movie. No, I don't actually have that coat. Anyway, um, so kind of steering back to this um, let the world go away or whatever the fuck it's called, this Julia Roberts joint. Um, like in all, there was a kind of a, kind of a stark, uncertain feel to it that, you know, from an artsy fartsy perspective, you could kind of dig that like, yeah, you know, if, if crazy shit started happening tomorrow and the news wasn't on and, and, uh, this kind of thing, you know, you would have that feeling that like, yeah, shit, dude, it's, it feels like something's missing. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel confused. It feels kind of wonky. Like that would make sense in that context, you know? And so they, I think they kind of conveyed that through the film, which is, which is fine. Um, in all though, I mean, like the general premise of the film, if you will, was that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertain shit out there and there's a lot of people that might be trying to upend, you know, your specific segment of society or your country as a whole. And they kind of go into a little reveal, a little reveal, and I'll fucking spoiler this shit. I don't give a fuck if you've seen it or not. Fucking, don't listen to my stupid fucking show if you don't want to have everything ruined for you. But um, they kind of go into it at the end of like, hey, here's probably what this is, and here's probably what's going on. Uh, but overall, like the takeaway was was basically like, hey man, don't play into their hands, man. Like they're trying to get you to fight with each other, man. That's a huge component of this. And to that, like, I obviously I'm going to disagree largely, you know, for reasons I'll get into, but in all this, this show, like the basic way that it played out was Julia Roberts plays this cunt, right? <laughs> like, I mean, what, what really is the difference there? Like she just plays this bitchy woman that's largely intolerable and like a, a, what attractive in imagination land. Like everybody in these shows acts like, I don't understand this. They pick these fucking broads that are like, you're not hot. You're not fucking hot. And then they put them up there and they have other people acting around them as though they are hot. And I'm like, what, what the fuck is this? This is pants on fucking head crazy. But, um, so she plays this broad and they're this New York city bug couple, her and her college professor, husband, I guess, Ethan Hawk. And he's got his little goatee and he's like very casual man and laid back and talks the whole time. Like he's probably high, like the day before, like an absolute beta male. And so he's a college professor and she's like a, like a, I don't know, what do you call it? Like a fucking retail buyer or some kind of shit, like some kind of purchasing or marketing or something, something that doesn't actually do anything. You know, I don't make or sell or do anything. I just fucking collect money and take up space, that kind of shit. You know, woman work, that sort of thing. And, um, they wake up one day and decide like, Hey, let's, you know what let's do? I just hate people, you know? So let's get out of town. I just booked us an Airbnb out by the beach or I guess at the shore is what they call it, you know, in, uh, wherever they are going to be like upstate New York or whatever. I ain't from there, but like what you call it the shore, right? All right. So they're going to go up here to this, uh, to this spot at the shore and, uh, they get up there and it's this real nice house. And they, they really make a point of showing you like, wow, man, how nice is this house? Like these are people from the rat race, you know, like they're, 
they're in there humping it, you know, getting their 50 hours a week, man. And they talk the way they talk and like, Hey, would you be, would you be down for a weekend away? I got us an Airbnb kind of a thing. I got us a nice house for the weekend at the shore. We should get the kids. Let's pack up. Let's get the kids. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Like what the fuck? Like, like forcibly talking this way. So they go out there though, and it's this really nice house. You know, these bug people are, are setting up shopping. And I don't know if you've been to an Airbnb ever. I think a lot of these, like these aren't really like, I don't, it's not my cup of tea, man. Like I've stayed in a few, um, what, like the fucking, like, what do they call it? VRBO where, but it's like for business. And I don't know what the fucking difference is, man. Cause I've never set this shit up personally. I've stayed in them like for work, but I haven't never like set it up myself. It's, it's fucking weird to me. I don't like cruising into what is technically somebody else's house. But as I understand it, the way it has sort of come to pass was initially it was like Airbnb kind of thing was like, you're going to be in town. You need a place to crash. I got an extra room, dude. You can crash here. Like I won't molest you. I'm not going to set up cameras. Everybody's like on the level here, you know, and you get a little ratings review. Like this guy was a fucking sketch, you know, and then you're going to get fucking booted, whatever. But that was how I understood it to be. What it appears to have become more recently is like where rich people have really nice, you know, extra houses and then they just rent them out like their own little hotel. Um, I don't know exactly how completely true that is, but it does. I have seen a lot that work that way. And that appears to be what's going on in this particular feature. So this, uh, this couple then, this bug couple, they roll into this place and they're setting up shop and they're running on about, oh, he's got a really nice liquor selection. Oh, it's locked up. I guess that's not for us, huh? But the house is real nice and so on. The goofy kids are running around. But doggone it, there's no internet. I wonder what's going on. So the internet's out. But at least the power still works. And I'm not really getting good phone reception. I wonder what's going on. And then there's a knock at the door. And it's dun, 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 a black guy. It's a black guy in a tuxedo. And he's got, you know, what looks like a much younger young lady with him. Maybe 18, 19, 20. And she's got her evening gown on. And he explains that, I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but, uh, yes, uh, you know, I'm George, otherwise known as GH, and, uh, you know, we spoke, we spoke on the phone earlier, and yes, it, it seems to be that, uh, I'm having some trouble with my telephone, and apparently the internet is out, and I thought it might be a good idea if we could just sort of stop by. I, I'm terribly sorry to bother you, and of course, Julia Roberts, in her, uh, you know, infinite cuntness, which she portrays in this in this feature is like, well, no, no, this is terribly, this is terribly irregular. This, this won't do at all. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who you even are. What, what, what's going on? And of course, you know, Ethan Hawke here is just, Hey man, it's, it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, you know, you can just stay for one night. It's not a big deal. And then the colored gentleman in the tuxedo goes on to explain that, well, no, no, you understand. I, I, you see, I'm a hedge fund manager and I was, I was at the Philharmonic for a meeting, you know, because I, I chair the Philharmonic. And of course this is my daughter, my daughter, whatever the fuck her name is, Bonquisha, whatever the fuck. And, and well, let me explain. This is actually my house. It's my house. You're renting it for me. You understand. And that's, I suppose I should have led with that. And that's really my fault. But you know, it's just, it makes this very awkward fucking thing. You know, where instead of like, well, okay, let's just do a little Q&A that like, you know, if this was my house and I rented it out to somebody, I wouldn't want them allowing just anybody in here who says, oh yeah, no, it's my house. You're renting it for me. And 
Now some weird shit happens. Like, well, let's just do a little Q&A. You know, and we'll figure out, make sure who's who in the zoo. Do you got, you got ID on you? Oh my goodness, no, I seem to have left it in my other pants type shit. And like, okay, well, one African, that's, that's strike one and two. You want to try for three? I mean, you can do a little Q&A here, you know? Like, maybe you did really leave it in your other tuxedo. And, uh, you know, well, well, which, you know, well, where's the liquor cabinet in this house? What kind of liquor do you got in there? What do the coffee cups look like? Where do you keep them? You know, let's make sure you know, you know, where the shit is. Because if this was really your house, it should be fucking easy, right? But, um, you know, we don't do that. Instead, we're going to opt for the, the overwhelming racial tension and Julie Roberts is going to act like a bitch. Ethan Hawke's going to act like a little douche boy. And this guy's going to act like the confused but dignant gentleman. My goodness gracious, I hope everything just pans out all right. I'm worried for the situation. And then this chick, his his daughter, in the evening dress, of course, is, uh, you know, this is, the, this is like where it starts to go a little bit off the rails, even further than like the Julia Roberts thing, because... This chick, and I don't know her name, I, I, well, I, I could have looked it up, but I just don't give a shit. She's going around with, um, she's got these fucking ratchety ass ghetto pigeon tattoos. You know, you know the kind that are like just the, like one little tattoo, you know, all black tattoo over here. And then one little all black tattoo over there. And it's the kind that screams of like, I did this with my homegirls in a garage or when we got fucked up at one of their apartment senses. Or I had like 80 bucks and went up to the local tattoo place and said, just give me something for remember this weekend with my girls. All right, just ratchety, shitty tattoos just kind of all over. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, so this guy's supposed to be Mr. Hedge Fund Manager guy who chairs the Philharmonic. Now, you imagine that resume. This guy chairs Philharmonic, Hedge Fund guy. What does his daughter look like? What does his daughter behave like? You know, because I'm going to bet you pick 10 hedge fund managers, pick 100 hedge fund managers. There's not going to be one of them with ghetto tattoos all over them. Their daughters, you know, maybe they're secret hookers or something. Who knows? Because, you know, so many are. But they're not going to be walking around like, you know, Bonquisha, queen of the boondocks or whatever the fuck right it's not in the cards but yet you're showing me this on this fucking show and then to make matters worse they got this scene where you know where you see most of these tattoos is because the kids right this uh you know the the bug couple's daughter and son like the daughter's probably 10 11 12 13 kind of thing and the son is probably 15 16 17 type thing and they go out here and they're hanging out in the, what do you call it, in the pool, you know, just the kids playing in the pool and they're throwing each other around and they're splashing and they're wacky. And Julia Roberts comes out here to be a bitch by the pool. And then young Bonquisha comes out here too, to hang out by the pool. And she got she little pink bikini on and whatnot. And she sit down and they finna have like that secret girl talk where, you know, like we gonna keep up appearances for the men, but you know, we gots to come to terms, you and I does. And... The young dude now, son, gets out of the pool and he's over there sneaking pictures of this Nubian princess. And, you know, he's sneaking these pictures because she looks hot and shit. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, one, this isn't one, not hot anyway. And if even if this was one of these situations where it's like this, this ghetto booty princess where like, 
yeah, she's, you know, whatever, young and young and snug at least or something, but still, you know, ratchet and not really to anyone's taste. Uh, this is not that. This is like, this is well past that desert queen type material. And if you've been in the military, you know what I'm talking about. Desert queen is those girls that are like, you wouldn't piss on if they were on fire, uh, you know, in real life. But because they're over there and you're over there and you haven't seen anything that resembles a woman for like six months, you start looking and you're like, you know, I could, I could give a waiver for, you know, for one 160, 160, 170. And, you know, I know you're missing a tooth or two. If, if the lights are off and you just don't talk, like work with me on this, right? The desert queen. All right. They're, they're a premium there and they're garbage here. Right. So it's really, as the military goes, it's, it's a huge selling point for women getting into the military. If you're rough and lonely, the military is the place for you. All right. But I digress. So young Bonquisha, she is uh, not even Desert Queen status. She's very rough. But now here's this guy sneaking pics. And not only is he sneaking pics, he's going to be in his room. He's in his room later beaten off looking at this. I don't know what you'd even call it. This exhibit. <laughs> this, this naturalistic exhibit. Unsavory as it is. And I'm like, what in the world are you trying to sell me over here? And... It really speaks to the way that a lot of the, the subliminal message in this thing went. So when I say subliminal, I'm not especially talking about, you know, like how they used to do you at like a theater or something where the previews are going and they'll flash like thirsty up on the screen for like a tenth of a second or some kind of thing or delicious snacks, you know, a picture of nachos for like a 20th of a second, you know, and, and apparently studies have showed that like they'd run a few of those things, those subliminal advertising deals. And it would increase sales at the snack bar. All right. It's, it is what it is. Um, but this is not even that. This is this more insidious kind of a thing where the messaging is packaged in terms of what you take in in kind of the background. So when you see these things, like it's just like probably, probably a grade school version of it would be this stuff that we all see that we all recognize where they've got every couple that's advertising something, especially like a Lexus or something, you know, like you're going to buy this Mercedes or some shit. And it's always, you know, if they're selling you the, the family truckster kind of a version, then they're selling it to you with like that same black hedge fund manager, husband, and he blonde wife. And they sweet kids, they sweet mulatto kids, they gonna go on vacation, they gonna play in the snow. Oh, it's crazy, it's fun, it's for families and shit. But, like, the message there is not about the car so much as, like, what's normal. So, normal, happy couple with normal, happy family having a good time. That's, one, in a Mercedes, but two, it's ideal, like this, mixed-race family. So, that's the version that we're all accustomed to. Kind of the stepped-up like grad school version, if you like, you know, like the, the varsity version here is more like what you see kind of packaged in the background. So when you see things like I saw this in, um, Samuel L. Jackson advertising, I think it was like capital one credit cards. And one, the idea that a black man knows anything about effectively managing credit is ridiculous on its face. Forget about that. Right. But what I'm focusing on here is when they're advertising this stuff, he's walking in and out of cafes, up and down the road, a shopping mall or whatever, or through the park or whatever. But when you see these things, if you look in the background, like look in the background at what's going on out here. 
because in the background is going to be what they're telling you is real life. Like, look, here's Samuel L. Jackson walking through normal life in a store, normal life in a bakery, normal life in the park. All right. He's walking through normal life. But what they're telling you normal life is, is Tyrone and Susan over there having lunch. And over there, it's, uh, you know, Hispanic boss lady manager telling some inept old white man, like, hey, stack those burger buns over there. Buy that stuff, you dumb bastard. Come on, help me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give you this job and let you, you know, supplement your, your social security. You're not making it easy. All right, that's what they're telling you normal life is. So the reason that this works is because instead of being able to see it and analyze it like you would with Mercedes family, where like, I'm not sure I believe this story because they're only presenting you this one story. This other version is the part that you see without knowing you saw it. So you're seeing Samuel L. Jackson pitch you credit cards and you're like, well, I see this. You know, you're analyzing this. I'm not sure whether is this a good deal? Is it a bad deal? You're bullshitting me. Do I got to just sit through this until whatever, you know, the show starts back up or whatever? But it's the background that you see without noticing that you saw. So what you're looking at back there, this is just being accepted by you as this is normal life back here. And what they're telling you normal life is, is all of these things that we know and have, have, have beaten to death that we all see a hundred different times, but still have to keep bringing up because people don't seem to notice that it's weird. So the reason that I bring that up is because this is what happens a lot during this fucking movie. There's a whole lot of shit in this that you're being shown as part of a background to this main story, this main story that's honestly pretty fucking flimsy, but all of this stuff is being shown to you as like, hey, look, Goyam, here's what's normal life that you're not paying attention to, and it's being kind of pumped into your head without you really taking notice of it. So one is like plainly and obviously uh, the weak white man. And this guy, like everybody, well, there's only one white man in here that has his shit together, and he turns out to be like almost the anti-hero, you know, the antagonist, if you will, uh, towards the end. But this Ethan Hawke character, he's like plain and simple a pussy. Like this guy is subservient to everybody. The only person that this guy sees eye to eye with is that on his, if you could think of like his peer level, is princess bonquisha and that's only because they go outside and get high on a vape together but then you know where he goes to bed and feels real good about the interaction she goes to bed and mentions to her father like yeah i talked to that guy and you know he's uh you know you got to watch out for him plus i think he wants to fuck me actually says this and i'm like what what the fuck is this shit you know <laughs> so like, this guy right off the bat is just just weak fucking sauce. And that's like an underlying theme that you don't really get to address. You just accept that on its face value. Apart from that, like, when they're at the beach, you know, it's presented as, like, it's the before time, you know, before you know everything's gone pear-shaped. And everything there is presented in, like, completely Norman Rockwell-type tones. Everything's very quiet. There's no hippo shenanigans, you know. They play in day football at the beach. Nothing's crazy, like the lifeguards don't got to carry anybody away. Everything is like they say. It's like we have the place to ourselves. It's great. But then after uh, like a tanker ship runs aground and they're leaving and it's like the show is over, but everyone's filing out very orderly and it's this white dude like beach facility employee that's just, he's just like office drone mode and he's just like, just go to your cars. Everything's going to be fine. Let's just everyone leave peacefully. And it's like... 
again, it's getting pumped into your head that like, no, you're not someone meant to take action. You're not someone meant to identify and address a problem. You're just here in a strictly drone capacity. And that's all you're really good for. Obviously, all of the little, the little undertones of the intelligent, proactive black man that's seeing all the subtleties and understanding all the cues. And if you motherfuckers could just get with the program and we could all just work together, then it would all be okay. And like, this is, it's, it's ludicrous. But now later at the end, when like the kind of the big reveal comes is when they go and they see Kevin Bacon, who plays this prepper, like this prepper dude who bitch Julia Roberts sees earlier at like the Home Depot type thing or whatever, loading pallets of water into his car, because that's all any prepper ever really needs is pallets of water. But he's loading pallets of water. So, you know, that like this guy is prepper guy and he hasn't shaved in what looks like two weeks. So you get the you get the image, but they go see the guy. And now he's sitting on his front porch with a shotgun, with his American flag waving, and wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. So, like, do you get it? You fucking get it? Like, I'm American. I'm the American cowboy. I have a shotgun. I'm not going to share what I have. I'm isolating. I'm cutting you off. Not willing to help. And it turns into this big discussion where they're trying to get this guy to give them some kind of meds for son whose name I don't fucking remember because I don't care but for this son because this guy got bit by what appears to be maybe a tick or something and by the next morning his teeth are literally falling out I don't know what the fuck that means if that's some kind of mysterious imagery or some kind of a thing I have no idea could not tell you um maybe there's something to it if you know then let a guy know but you know, whatever he got, he says he thinks maybe he got bit by something in the woods and now his teeth are falling out. So they go to see, you know, prepper Kevin Bacon and they're trying to talk him out of some kind of pills. Like nobody even knows what the fuck is wrong with him. Like they never really address like what exactly is wrong with the guy. How are his teeth falling out and has no other symptoms except for this. And you know exactly the two pills to give him to fix him. Never really addresses that. All that really gets addressed is that one, this guy's trying to help his kid, but he doesn't know how to do anything because he's a dipshit and Kevin Bacon knows everything, so he's got to help. And then the other part of it is where intelligent brother man, he says that, well, one of my one of my clients, he expensive fella, but he still can't tell you his name because, you know, what if the world doesn't end and there are consequences, right? But he says that the way that this country would be attacked isn't with just bombs or an invading force. No, what they would do is disable certain pieces of the infrastructure, create confusion and tension, and then just let itself implode. You'll just attack each other. Aha! You'll do the dirty work for me. So kind of the takeaway, you know, what the ends up, what ends up happening at the end then is uh, Prepper Kevin Bacon gives Intelligent Brother some pills to give to Beta Male's, you know, toothless son, and then that's going to be it, right? So, I mean, I don't know, like, as I'm thinking about it, I almost want to think, like, I don't know, did he get bit in the forest and he got, like, what did he get, jungle fever and it rendered him toothless? Like, when they say toothless and it means you're helpless? Like, I don't know, I'm I'm wildly speculating there. I couldn't say there's got to be a better answer than that. But the uh, overall tone, then, like, what you're left to kind of fumble fuck your way through and try to come away with is something like the idea that, um, well, you know, they want us to fight each other. You're like, well, who's they? And they even kind of ambiguate that 
by having this scene where on one coast they're dropping these red leaflets that say death to America in Arabic and it has a snake and on and the, you know what Kevin Bacon says that on the other coast somebody was dropping something uh, that said the same thing but it was in I don't know Korean or Mandarin Chinese and you know so he doesn't know if it's Korean or Mandarin Chinese but he's also saying that the guy that told him that doesn't seem to know if it's Korean or Mandarin Chinese. So immediately it makes me think like, one, if you knew it was Korean or Mandarin Chinese, you would know which it was because they don't look anything fucking alike. I can look at Chinese and say it's Chinese and look at Korean and see it's Korean. I won't know what either of these things say. It could be a death threat. It could be a dinner menu. I don't fucking know. But to say that I do know what it says... I just don't know what language it's in. Like this to me is like, this is just fucking lazy writing. But I think the overall intent was to say that like, it could be anybody, bro. It could be anybody. It could be the North Koreans, bro. It could be the Chinese. It could be the Arabs, bro. It could be anybody. But what they want, whoever they are, like important to realize it's not Israel, right? It could never be them. It would never be them. Never. They're our best allies. Amazing allies. The greatest. Uh, The important takeaway though, is that... We all not go at each other's throats. What they want is for us to go at each other. And that, to me, was like the biggest, like the instant red flag. They're like, okay, this is bullshit, all right? Because something that we've noticed for a long time now is that it's never been a case of like, you know, the powers that be, whatever powers you might believe that to be, want people to fight along racial or class, you know, demographics. It's never been that. It's not that they just want rampant, random infighting. It's always been they want everyone against white people. That's been very fucking clear. All right? There is only one group that you can point out and single out and say, hey, it's okay to discriminate against these people. It's okay to say you want anyone except these people in a job. When you start pushing these people out of jobs, whether it's through bringing in Asians or blacks or Muslims or immigrants or Hispanics or literally anybody as long as it's somebody else Then you can call that place diverse and you can say that progress has been made So to me that is the biggest lie of this entire fucking production All right, and it's like this is like PhD level bullshit where like you've got the bullshit on the surface You've got the bullshit in the background, but now way way in the back where you're never even gonna bother to completely look too carefully is this bullshit message that like, oh no, bro, they're doing everybody that way. And what needs to happen is the cowboy with the shotgun, the guy who could otherwise be a threat, he needs to be the one to put down his weapons and step up and help everybody else. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you go fuck yourself? All right, how's that sound? How about you fuckers made decades and decades worth of progress off of our backs saying that, oh, you ripped us off, you owe us, you got to do for us, you got to step aside, you got to put your own family, your own kids, your own lineage on the fucking hook and jeopardize your own well-being for somebody else. And still we get hit with complaints, but now you want to come and now, you know, with war kicking off where we're looking at all these ads about like, well, hey, it's just about time, you know, let's get our cowboy hats on and go over there and kick those Iranians' asses. What do you say, fellas? Come on, are we going? Yeah, no, no. You're on your own, Han Solo. We fought your fights, we won your wars, and in turn, all we got was punched in the fucking teeth. So, my big takeaway off this movie is that if you want to get angry, like, see this film. 
see it and get mad and then tell your friends. But for now though, I have got to get cracking. Uh, took a pass on the uh, on covering anything on the, the Middle East Red Sea bullshit situation. There is some shit escalating, but I think it's going to need to escalate probably a little more in some direction before anything appreciable can be, you know, sort of sussed out. So you might notice on this episode that um, I tried to avoid making some specific references and naming a few specific tribes, as it were. And that's not by accident, because this time around, I'm trying once again to stand up a mainstream effort. So apart from seeing this on the Telegram, where, you know, if you're hearing this now, you probably heard it, then uh, that is a place you'll always be able to find it at the Abuse Hour on Telegram. But uh, I'm also going to try to get this thing out on the, the Spotify and through whatever other Chinese backdoor wackadoodle fucking channels that I can make it fly. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how long that lasts. But for now, that is about as much as I can stand, and I'm sure you feel the same way. If you're listening to this now, you know where to find it again. So um, I'll leave you to it. I hope the new year doesn't suck as bad for the rest of the time as it has so far. But uh, until next time, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I've been Coffee. These are my takes. <laughs>